This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive, licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 2. Hello, America. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here uh, across the nation. The phone number, 877-973-7425. I, I think I'm going to film myself here and take my headphones off and just talk to everybody about a, oh, a, a, a sticky subject. I, I guess you could call this what, what Dave Portnoy would do as some sort of emergency press conference. I, I'm in my studio. I don't have my fancy uh, window and camera and stuff, so I'm just on my laptop. But figure, because uh, I'm not going to have a, a camera tomorrow, I won't be able to record the show tomorrow. I'll be in Washington doing the show. And I want to talk about Jordan Neely. Might as well get this recorded. Philip can send it out, and I can get hate mail from it. If you don't know who Jordan Neely is, Jordan Neely is the homeless Michael Jackson impersonator in New York City who is dead because a Marine on a subway train put Jordan Neely in a chokehold and uh, the guy died. Jordan Neely died. It's a tragic situation. Jordan Neely, however, is not necessarily a victim per se. He was abusively, he wasn't just harassing people on a subway train, as some have claimed. He was assaulting people, and multiple videos of this guy have come out showing him assaulting people on multiple New York City subway trains. What I find notable about the situation are the number of people on the left who have come out and said, well, getting chokehold on a subway train is not something you'd expect. Harassment by homeless people comes with the territory. How have we failed as a society so much that we think harassment from homeless people, let alone assault by homeless people in the subway system, is something that comes with the territory? I have mentioned this, that uh, my daughter and I went to the Taylor Swift concert. We stayed at a hotel in Buckhead. We went to this concert. When we were getting on MARTA, which is the Atlanta rapid transit system, a subway system, it's not a very good system. I mean, it literally goes north-south and east-west and rarely goes in any direction to anywhere that anybody wants to go. We were immediately harassed by homeless people. In fact, one homeless guy pulled the gate door open. You know, you got to scan the card and it opens the gate. He forced open the gate 
said he was doing me a favor, wouldn't let it go, caused a card error. We got down to the station platform, were harassed by another homeless person trying to get money. On the train, it wasn't that bad on the way to the concert. Then on the way back, had a uh, drunk homeless man with a bottle of vodka uh, screaming at everyone, got on the train, continued to scream at people. Then had a homeless person standing next to my daughter and me uh, who was having tremors of come just just twitching all over, like serious twitching, who smelled as if they'd used the bathroom on themselves. Why do urban areas take that for granted that that's supposed to be the norm? And what's happening is as these urban areas stop governing themselves, stop policing themselves, stop hiring police, stop being aggressive, then law-abiding citizens have to defend themselves. And in this case in New York City with Jordan Neely, Jordan Neely died because he wasn't harassing people but assaulting people on a subway train. And the people on the train, because the police wouldn't do anything, the people on the train took action. And the bad guy, the supposed bad guy, happens to be the Marine who put the crazy homeless man in the chokehold to keep the homeless man from continuing his assault on people. And unfortunately, the crazy homeless man died. But is it really the fault of the Marine? What about the fault of the city and the police who have allowed this to go on and on and on and on in the city? Our cities as a nation under democratic rule continue to fail. They continue to collapse. More and more of them operate like third world hell holes, and we're all supposed to say, well, that's just normal. That's what cities do. Why? Not every city operates as a third world hell hole. New York City does. Chicago does. Los Angeles does. San Francisco does. The biggest ones do. Atlanta, more and more people do not feel safe in Atlanta. I've got a buddy of mine. We were just having this conversation uh, during commercial break. He says he goes to poor areas of Atlanta that are overwhelmingly non-white and feels perfectly safe. But he goes to downtown Atlanta. He goes to Buckhead in Atlanta. He's always looking over his shoulder, waiting to be mugged. I stay at a particular hotel that will go nameless. Love this hotel. I stay there so much. They know me by name. They have a walled-off secure area for people who their residences uh, and um, guests of the hotel, and you can go into the back garden, have a have a drink, have a cigar. You're several stories above the ground, but also you're very safe. I used to stay at another hotel that I've always very much liked, but there have been a series of shootings there. We had a mass shooting situation in Atlanta yesterday. The response from Democrats is we have learned to live with this. We, we, we're just, we're going to accept this. We shouldn't accept gun violence. You people have accepted homeless terrorists in your subway system, harassing, vandalizing, stealing from, pickpocketing, uh, abusing people passing through. 
You've already accepted the decline of your society. You've signaled it. And when people try to defend themselves, you get mad at them. You break out in riots when people try to defend themselves. You make the police the bad guys. You make the people on the subway train who step up to defend the fellow passengers the bad guys. You didn't do anything to Jordan Neely. There have been multiple videos that have come out of this man not just harassing but actually physically assaulting people on subway trains, and you gave him a pass. Or what about the shooter in Texas? He was deported five times before murdering those people. Illegal alien deported five times, murders them, uses an AR-15. You want to make it about the AR-15, but you can't make it about the AR-15 because he's an illegal alien who obviously didn't buy it legally. And so you just drop the story and move on because you can't get your narrative talking point out there. You've got world-class cities in this country that have been degraded by a homeless population. And what is your solution to the homeless population? It's to call them unhoused. So you can be relieved of the burden of dealing with homeless people. Now it's just people who don't have a house. They got a tent instead. Totally normal. Urban camping. Austin, Texas turned the city into a third world hellhole by deciding, you know what? We're going to allow the homeless people to just set up tents on the side of the road. And what happened in downtown Austin, Texas? People were getting stabbed. People were getting harassed. People were getting things stolen from them as homeless people set up tents on the sidewalk and used the bathroom on the sidewalk until the citizens revolted in an initiative and got the urban camping initiative repealed, and they were vilified by their city council. The residents were. The voters were vilified. When you turn your back on law enforcement, when you say, oh, law enforcement is too aggressive, they're they're rounding up too many non-white people, clearly they're racist. You're going to have people flee your cities, and you're going to have people defending themselves. And occasionally when they defend themselves, someone might get killed. Jordan Neely, I assure you, would be alive today had you, the government of New York, intervened well before this last harassment and assault on a train. Had you stopped him, maybe the second attempt, maybe the third, maybe the 25th attempt, he'd be alive, but you didn't. You let it go on. And you progressives out there said, well, it's just normal. It's normal. You know what? Well, then gun violence is normal, too. You've accepted the homeless assaulting people. You might as well accept the gun violence of the country. You're not going to deal with the one. Why deal with the other one? At least with the other one, people are going to be carrying guns themselves to defend themselves from the homeless assaulting crazy people. You've given up, progressives. You've given up on crime. You've decided that crime is okay and the enforcement against crime is the racist, systemically racist bad thing. The homeless people on the street who are harassing people are normal. The good law-abiding American citizens who don't want to put up with it, they're the bad guys. You've made good bad. You've made bad good. You've made deviant normal and normal deviant. Progressivism turns the world upside down. And what we have now is an upside down world of third world hellhole cities in the United States of America that should not happen. The Marine, I guarantee you, he did not want to kill Jordan Neely. I guarantee you, he was just doing what he as a Marine thought he should do to keep people on the train safe. And now you want to vilify him as the bad guy and the racist. No, the bad guys 
are the people of New York who accepted this sort of uh, assault and harassment by homeless people as normal and chose to turn a blind eye to it. Remember the guy on the subway in New York who gunned down all these people? Turns out he should have never had his gun, should have been in prison. But the prosecutors, I think it was Alvin Bragg, I think it was Alvin Bragg, the guy going after Trump decided the system was systemically racist. They weren't going to keep people like that in prison. And what did they do? They let him out pending charges, and he killed people on the subway. The left has degraded law enforcement and has dragged cities down. People don't feel safe in urban America where the Democrats are in charge, and not just any Democrats, but the progressive wokes are in charge. People don't feel safe. They don't feel safe on public transit. Consequently, they give up on public transit. And your solution is to try to force them into it by squeezing roads out of existence and putting bike lanes in so people can't drive their cars so they can have to come in in public transportation. And instead, what do they do? They work from home and your downtown areas get gutted because no one comes to your office buildings. Your shops close, your restaurants close, your businesses go out of business and your city towers stand vacant because you can't figure out how to manage cities. You've hijacked yourself by a woke progressive ideology that is incompatible with good governance. And then you vilify the law-abiding Americans who have to make hard choices to keep them, their families, and their fellow passengers on subway trains safe. It's a tragedy. Jordan Neely should not have died. But he shouldn't have been on the trains repeatedly harassing and assaulting passengers Repeatedly, he should have been locked up somewhere. But progressives have given up. They've decided that assault by homelessness is normal and law-abiding citizens protecting themselves and others is the anomaly and the bad thing. They've decided that crime and criminals are normal and defense of one's life and property is the bad thing. Alexander Solzhenitsyn talked about living in authoritarian states in the Soviet Union when the thief had a weapon. It was considered something a thief would do, bad and he must be punished, but not that bad because it's what thieves do. But when the law-abiding citizen had the weapon, it was terrorism because the law-abiding citizen behaving in that way was the thing that was really bad. And this is where we've come with progressives in America. The law-abiding citizens defending themselves, their loved ones, and others, they're the bad guys. And the actual bad guys are considered just sad victims of systemic racism who must be defended. And when they go out and do bad things, they're excused in some way. And when law-abiding citizens defend themselves, well, they're racist, they're bad, they're awful, and the police, well, they're just something terrible we must defund we should not accept the collapse of cities. We should not accept the harassment and assault of homeless people on the taxpayers of this country. But progressives have. They have given up on America. I keep having friends tell me they realized I was right. Every time you wash sheets from Bowl and Branch, they get softer and softer. They're the most luxurious sheets. The highest quality, incredible craftsmanship, 
with just unmatched softness, 100% traceable organic cotton. It gets softer with every wash. I tell you guys that it's true. I can tell you it's a big difference, and I have bought different pairs of sheets to try to find some best. I keep coming back to my Bowling Brand sheets. They're incredible. They're buttery to the touch, super breathable. They're perfect for cooler weather and warmer weather. Why the drape? You actually feel like you've got something, a substance on you so you can snuggle in, but you don't get overwhelmingly hot during the during the summertime, and it's just the perfect weight under the blanket as well during the wintertime. I love Bowling Brand sheets. They're so luxurious. They're loved by four U.S. presidents. Got over 10,000 raving reviews. Right now, get 15% off your first order when you use promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, at BowlingBranch.com. That's BowlingBranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, Branch.com. The promo code is ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. Exclusions apply. See site for details. By the way, some I didn't even realize this about Jordan Neely. He had been arrested. Can you guess how many prior times he had been arrested? 44. 44 times and let out. Constantly, consistently. Probably thought he could get away with anything. It's terrible. It's tragic. But also, uh, it wasn't some sort of racial lynching that the left is claiming. Uh, he was restrained by three people, including the Marine, um, engaging in abusive, threatening behavior. Good grief. All right. Uh, I want to go to David on the phone. David, welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, Mr. Erickson. Erickson, how are you? Hope all is well. Thank you. What's going on? Well, I just wanted to give you a head, uh, little background on St. Francis Hospital there in Tulsa. Mm-hmm. I used to live there for a little while. One of the, some of the nicest people in that area. Some of the one of the well most well known hospitals in the country, probably. Uh, it has a psychiatric hospital there called Laureate, which was a division of St. Francis. Uh, and the people there are just awesome. Mm-hmm. And for the government to stick their nose into that, tell them they can't like handle it, they're nuts. If they understood the people there in the background and everything, they would understand what's really going on and the truth of the, the Christian base and everything else. I just wanted to point that out to you. That well, look, I, I, I know that. I appreciate it a ton. No, no, no. I, I appreciate that you saying that. It, it, it is absurd. And for people who are just tuning in who weren't here for yesterday's show, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, it's the, the 12th largest hospital in the country, um, one of the largest in Tulsa, if not the largest in Tulsa, uh, sees 400,000 patients a year, employs 11,000 people. The Center for Medicare and Medicaid has decided that they're going to yank their certification, which will wipe out the hospitals, because in the chapel of both hospitals, they burn what they call living flames, which is a symbol of the presence of the living God. They have in one of the hospitals burned this candle for 63 nonstop years, in the other for 15 nonstop years. The local fire marshal says it's not a problem the way it has contained, but an inspector for the certification uh, company for CMS showed up, demanded to see the chapel, went there, saw them, and told them they had to blow out the candle. And the hospital has said, no, we've this candle has been burning for 15 nonstop years. And when pushed, then uh, later... Centers for Medicare and Medicaid said, well, actually, it's not the candle. It's the lighter that's the problem. And the hospital's response is, we haven't used the lighter in 15 years. We don't know where it is. And they're like, well, not good enough. you got to blow out the candle. It, it's ridiculous. Uh, now, for those of you in Georgia, uh, let, let me restate this. Tucker, Georgia, if you live in Tucker, Georgia, 
You need to understand the city council there is going to war with people in faith. Of faith. They've introduced a non-discrimination ordinance that would punish uh, faith-based organizations and businesses exempting churches. But if you're a Christian business, well, good luck with you. The city of Tucker wants to put you out of business or force you to hire people against your beliefs. The city council is considering that now. It's an organized effort by a uh, LGBTQ alphabet gang organization that wants to punish Christians around the nation. And here it comes to Tucker, Georgia. Hello, America. It is Eric Erickson here. Welcome. The phone number is 877-973-7425. If you're in the metro Atlanta, Georgia area, I, I got a request. You can email me, eric at ewerickson.com. Uh, I'm taking a buddy of mine golfing next week. So I've got a very, had a, have had an insane schedule for the last month. And next Friday, I'm going to take the day off. Uh, a buddy of mine is coming down, and we're basically going to go uh, golfing and fishing for several days. Yes, it's Mother's Day weekend. Our wives are angels. We've both had insane schedules and our wives are like, uh, we'll see you on Sunday for Mother's Day. Go go fish, shoot guns, play golf, and drink. So I'm not an IPA guy. I do not like IPAs generally. Uh, Sweetwater 420, yeah, I, I'll do it. Um, but uh, I'm a lager pilsner guy. I don't like fruity-flavored beer. I like beer that tastes like beer. He's a big IPA guy. So if in the metro Atlanta area there are IPAs you think I should introduce him to, uh, we'll be drinking lots. So <laughs> um, if you got any, like I know I, I, he's got to try Tropicalia, which he never has. Uh, I'm probably going to take him to Scofflaw uh, and Fox Brothers on Thursday. Um, but then what are some of the other great IPAs? And I'm going to take him to Reformation as well. So if you got recommendations on good IPAs from the metro Atlanta area, let me know. Um, but, yeah, that's that's going to be my Mother's Day weekend. I'll see my mother or my, my mother-in-law and my wife for Mother's Day. But otherwise, I'm going to fish. I'm going skeet shooting. I'm going to play. We've already got 36 holes of golf scheduled to play. And we'll just take a cooler beer with us and have fun and finally decompress after a month and a half of insanity. Y'all, I got back from spring break uh, the last week of March, and I have traveled nonstop every weekend. A lot of it you haven't even known I've been traveling uh, like tomorrow, I'll be broadcasting from Washington, D.C. On Monday, I'll be broadcasting from uh, South Georgia. Uh, there's just been – it's been nonstop. I have been gone every weekend for a month. Um, so I'm ready to unplug and hit golf balls. I got another week to go, assuming I live. Now, we need to talk about chickens, not not the conspiracy. So wild story for all of you. About two months ago on this program, two and a half months ago, I made the unfortunate mistake, although necessary at the time, of going through the uh, down the rabbit hole of why aren't your chickens laying eggs? There has become this massive conspiracy theory among people on the right, in particular, conservatives who during COVID decided they were going to raise their own chickens and have their own eggs, and chickens weren't laying eggs, and it became a massive conspiracy that um, – the egg prices had soared because of all the avian flu and they were killing chickens. And this was clearly a government plot to make people go buy expensive eggs from the grocery store. It was none of, none of that. It had to do with weather and changes in formulas uh, for chicken feed. It was very, very cut and dry. But uh, where was it now? It was like three or four weeks ago. I was going – where was I flying to? I know. It was, it was my trip to Louisville a couple weeks ago. 
stayed at the hotel by the airport uh, and went downstairs, sat at the bar, uh, had a drink while I was doing my work, was sitting next to a guy, struck up a conversation. Turns out this guy, uh, he had been uh, he had been at Gate City Brewing, which is one of the breweries. He lives in Oklahoma and is like the world's expert on avian flu and actually came up with, with the, like, primary method for disposal of chickens when you have to call the herd because they've all got infected. It was a very fascinating conversation. It, he kind of hemmed and hauled on what he did. And uh, sure enough, dude, he was a professor at Oklahoma and he um, got into the chicken business, did some work with, with some company and tied into a brewery in Atlanta. It's just fascinating, fascinating. But he was talking about the chicken industry and like, you know, when you go to the grocery store and you see the organic eggs and, and the pasture, like the free range eggs, he's like, it's all a scam. It's like if you go to these massive chicken houses that produce at scale, uh, yes, they have a little exit where the, the chickens can go out and roam around and something and they don't because there are foxes in chicken houses or, or chicken hawks. So you, the, the chickens don't actually – all your free-range chickens aren't very free-range unless you have them in your backyard. It's all a big marketing scam largely, he was telling me. Well, this all leads me to this story today. This is fascinating. You know who the Vox kids are? There's this website, Vox Media. It is a bunch of progressives who have the most pretentious sort of website. They wish to explain the news to you. And you will not be surprised to learn they explain the news in the most partisan, biased way. They're decidedly of the left. They're on financial hard times. I keep waiting for them to go belly up, but they haven't yet. Nonetheless, Kenny Torella, one of their good progressive activists, has a story at Vox Media. I kid you not, the title is Save the Male Chicks. We're not talking about trans issues right now, people. We're talking about chickens. The subtitle, The Egg Industry Brutally Grinds Up Billions of Male Chicks Each Year Because They Can't Lay Eggs, But New Tech Could Change That. Even the most clueless consumer likely suspects that all is not well on the big factory farms that raise animals for food. But let me share the details of one practice with which you might not be familiar. Every hour across the world, around 742,000 freshly hatched male chicks are born. A few hours later, they're tossed into a grinder, which kills them instantly, or gas with carbon dioxide, which knocks them unconscious before killing them. While the female chicks go on to lay more than 1.2 trillion eggs humans consume annually, 6.5 billion male chicks each year are hatched only to be quickly snuffed out. That's because they do not lay eggs, so they're of no use to the egg industry. And because they don't grow as big and fast as other chicken breeds, they're of no use to the chicken meat industry. And they're mean little SOBs when they grow up to be roosters, aren't they? Yes, they are. Roosters are mean. Even though culling costs egg producers $500 million a year, it makes more economic sense to kill the males on day one than spend additional dollars raising them. Now, 
What they can do is use emerging technologies to identify the sex of the chick while still in the egg so they can destroy it before it hatches, before the chick can feel pain. The last possibility has gained momentum. Since 2019, five companies have managed to commercialize in ovo, meaning an egg, sexing technology that enables them to identify the sex of the chick either around day 9 or day 12 or 13 from when the egg incubation starts. Such advances have saved tens of millions of male chicks from being born, only to be culled. But there's a catch. Now this, my friends... Pay attention to this one. This is your big red flag. Pay attention. Scientists believe the chick embryos could potentially feel pain as early as day seven of their 21-day incubation period. That means that even with the most advanced inovosexine, male chick embryos could suffer. A new preprint study funded by the German government and conducted by researchers at the Technical University of Munich provides some evidence that chicken embryos may not be capable of feeling pain until day 12. Um... Should we ask the writer if we should ban abortion after 20 weeks because we know that's when embryos that are human feel pain? Hmm? Hmm? Researchers applied potentially painful stimuli like heat and electricity to chicken embryos from day 7 to day 19 of their 21-day incubation period, measuring their heart rate blood pressure, brain activity, and movement, all in an effort to uncover whether the stimuli translated to experienced pain. Brain activity only began on day 13. Movement from beak stimulation increased significantly on day 15. Blood pressure increased on day 16. Heart rate, day 17. Body movement on day 18. The findings arrive at a critical juncture. So we got a couple of things to to, to take from this. One, one... This left-wing website, and it is a left-wing website, believes that you can identify male versus female chickens while they're still in the egg. Humans, you can't figure it out until they turn 18 and announce whether they're male or female. But the chicks in the egg, you can tell. And then also, they believe that you should stop killing male chicks while still in the egg before the 12th day of them being in the egg because they might feel pain. How is it that progressive America has become so perverse that they could worry about the pain of a chicken while in the egg? but not worry about the pain of a human while in the womb. How is it they have decided you can determine the sex of a chicken while in the egg, but you need to ban gender reveal parties lest parents inappropriately pick the gender of a human being? It is amazing when you think of the inconsistencies there.
I view the culling of the chicken herd as necessary because male chickens, and I got to tell you, when I first read this story and they started talking about new technology could change things about killing male chicks that can't lay eggs, I was thinking, oh, Lord, now they found some way to make chickens transgender. Nope, they haven't. Haven't done that at all. Instead, they've discovered that you can kill the male chicks before they feel pain in utero or in the in the egg. This is, I, I mean, what an amazing juxtaposition between the coverage of chickens and the coverage of human beings. These people on the left are more concerned about chickens than about human beings. We are the bad ones. We're the villains. It, it's it's mind-boggling to me. Um, it, it really, I was flabbergasted when I read the story that uh, they are they are so concerned about chickens in the in the egg feeling pain, and we should not kill them once they can feel pain, and yet don't want to ban abortion after twenty weeks. They want to have unlimited abortion until the moment of birth. Never mind, the kid can feel pain. Oh, the humanity! They don't have humanity. They they do. They're not concerned about their fellow human beings. It's just flabbergasting when you realize that. You know what is also flabbergasting? When you realize you can call Vision Computer and get them off hold talking to you within 15 seconds. It is crazy how good they are at customer service. If you need a PC and you are in over your head, like me, I, I am. I moved to Apple years ago, and now we're on, what, Windows 11? I it, I, it is so over my head, and I want to build my kid a gaming PC. Wanted to. We are building it now. And you got to worry about GPUs and CPUs and, and RAM and resolution and refresh rates on monitors, stuff well over my head. But Vision Computer knows it all. And not only that, they're not going to leave me on hold. There's no switchboard to press one to do this and two to do this and three to do this. There's a live human operator who answers the phone and has solutions for you. If you're buying a computer, you should use Vision. They can custom build you what you need and want, not just what you pull off the shelf at the big box store. If you want tech support, you get it for a year for free down to setting up your printer and your email, and they can even remotely connect. So you are not having to carry your computer all the way to them where they are. They can do it remotely. And if you call them and ask for the Eric special, they can give you some off-the-books cool stuff. That's right. Call them for the Eric special. If you're a business and you need computers for your office and you need the tech support and you can't hire the IT guy, use Vision. They'll take care of you and your employees. Your employees don't want to talk to your IT guy because your IT guy is too smart and insulting to them. Use Vision. They'll call Vision, and Vision will be very nice to them. Vision Computers. Call them, 404-COMPUTE. Ask for the Eric special. You can go to visioncomputers.com or 404-COMPUTE. Let Vision take care of you. And by the way, if you have not gotten your computer from Vision but you want their world-class support, for a low annual fee, they'll take care of you too. They want to help you navigate the world of PCs. Visioncomputers.com or 404 Compute. Yeah, you know, you really should text data to 33777. Text data to 33777. Subscribe to the daily email. Uh, you will see the Vox Kids story in today's show notes about the chickens. I was absolutely floored that uh, they want to stop the killing of, of baby chicks because they might feel pain while still in the egg. But they're all about abortion on demand until the moment the full child, oh, the foot's still in, we can kill him. 
just absolutely bizarre. Uh, the, <laughs> more worried about chickens than, than human beings. You know, it's there's going to become a time. You know, down in Florida, they got a python problem. People for so many years have been releasing their pythons into the into the Everglades. They're killing everything. They're they're killing the deer. They're killing the gators. They're killing everything. They're taking over. The dominant apex predator is the python. And uh, Florida allows people to go down there and find them and kill them. And it's only a matter of time before these same sorts of people are like, you can't kill the python. Leave the pythons alone. Or it's like the, the, the wild hogs. So Charlie goes to a farm down in Florida to kill wild hogs. And, and you just there there's no, like, season. Like, there's a season for deer and everything. No, you just go kill the hogs. They're an invasive species. They destroy crops. They want them gone. So you go kill them. They're wicked smart, too. Hogs, pigs, are incredibly smart. You can go hunt them. And you get all these people so upset they're, they're destroying farms. They're, they're eating the vegans' food before the vegans can get to it. And the vegans are like, no, save the cute little pigs. It's it's the craziest, wild thing. Uh, they've got their priorities so mixed up. All right. I, I haven't even gotten to the political news. We've had so much stuff going on today. I, I ordered my show, was very deliberate and careful, and I haven't been able to get to all the stuff I wanted to get to or tell you about what's happening to me tomorrow, which is kind of insane. But I will get there in the next hour. I'm going to move this around now because, you know, there there's more DeSantis news coming out. Uh, oh, we got Ben Mintz out at Barstool. But we got to talk about solar panels before anything else. When we come back, yes, we actually have to talk about solar panels. Democrats in Congress have finally decided to stand up to Joe Biden over, of all things, solar panels. It's kind of nuts. We will get there.